feel like we have to rename this podcast from You Killed It to the Bad Boy Entertainment podcast. Mm-hmm. Because the challenge, All-Stars, once again, starting with a Bad Boy Entertainment song, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but first, I'm John Shidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And I will say, quite possibly, my favorite song ever, or at least my favorite song of my childhood, is Only You, 112, featuring Biggie and Mace. Like, again, I wasn't even really paying attention to what was happening during the scene. I was just jamming out and realizing, oh, I haven't listened to this song in a really long time. But if I really think about it, you know, that is a, it's a great song. And, and it just sums up that era of, remember, you needed the R&B song with the rap hook, right? Or not the rap hook, but the rap verse as well. Where's this music anymore? We don't make this music anymore. We don't make good music anymore. This is my get off no. my lawn moment. I'm an old man. <laughs> Great music. They don't make love music anymore. Right? They don't. Everything this is, now, you killed these it. kids today... <laughs> Everything is about just shaking that ass and hoes and bitches and blah, 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 blah. That's all we talk about now in the music today. Where's the love music? Where's the love making music? Where's the baby making music? <laughs> this is You Killed It, the baby making podcast. That ends my TED <laughs> Talk. Oh, no, we're just getting warmed up because I have thoughts on 112. And this, Sheldon, you and I don't always agree on music. I'm still stinging from your derisive comments about jump around but man 112 kids listeners if you're not familiar with 112 and you have a relationship a romantic relationship maybe not even romantic but you have a relationship that you want to take to a new physical dimension if you want to take things to the next level Mm -hmm. put on some 112 they are so good. I dare anyone listening right now to go onto their Apple Music playlist, find the 112 Essentials playlist, and sit still and listen to that. I dare you. What is, so only you is your favorite 112 song? Um, Probably, yeah. But I mean, you know, I also watched recently, and by recently I mean within the past year, because everything's a blur, um... There was this thing on, I want to say complex, where they would interview just people from like behind the scenes, behind the scenes people. So producers, and there's this producer, and I'm totally forgetting his name right now, but he was a kid and he wrote the song Peaches and Cream. And he was talking about how he made the song and it was shocking because at first people are like, hold on, you're a kid and you wrote this song Peaches and Cream that you know, in case you're in the car with kids, is not really about peaches and cream. We're talking about, yeah, you. if you know, we're you know, we'll about, say that. We're talking about the emojis peaches. Sure. And the euphemism cream. Correct. So that was the first stunner when my guy writes this song and the label's kind of like, we can't put this song out. We can't play this on the radio. And they argued back being like, well, if the people who know what it means you're going to be fine with it. And the people who don't know, we're not going to explain it to them anyways. So it'll just be peaches and cream. And Hey, it's a great song. That's a catchy ass song, but there's a great, like, yeah, again, the one twelve essentials playlist, 
If you bring that is up, it, hit after hit after hit after hit. It's um, Dance With Me that I really like. It's a great song. I think that, or no, it's Over Now. It's Over Now yes. is the 112 song. And they have that beat. Is that the Quiet Storm beat? Yep. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's a great song. It's Over Now is an... It, that might be in my top three. If not, maybe number two. But that is up there for sure. Great song. And, and shout out to Puff Daddy, who's like, okay, I have these killer, like, gangster rap wasn't quite the term yet, but I've got Craig Mack and the Notorious B.I.G. who have real gritty, grimy rhymes. But I'm going to go out and get Mace, who's like a fun, like, dance, like, goofy guy. Mm-hmm. And then 112, just like a killer R&B group. And I'm just going to have them all appear on each other's songs forever. I feel like uh, I'm pretty sure that Only You is Mace's debut on Bad Boy. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure. Um, It is. So, yeah, I mean, for that alone, that's a great track. And that Biggie verse is just amazing. It's a great song. But we could probably Mm -hmm. do this whole pod just talking about that song and the 112 playlist. I know that I probably could because, you know, Another thing during the pandemic was the 112 versus Jagged Edge versus, which was just yeah. great night of music. Again, <laughs> they don't make love making music anymore. Yo, my <laughs> my text messages that night filled with people being like, "Oh, what's going on?" I was like, "Yo, homegirl, chill out." Like, I, I get it, I understand, I get it, but there's a lot of arguments going on about 112 versus Jagged Edge and who you like more. And I'm like, I'm learning a lot about a lot of y'all tonight. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But as I said, we could go on for way too long on this. Let's get to the actual challenge here. Okay, I have one more thought about 112. I was talking to a lady friend recently. And I was telling her, you can guess how this came up conversationally, but I was telling her about how wonderful 112 is. Okay. She's like, I don't know them. I'm like, don't worry. Once we're vaccinated, <laughs> I will show you right what 112 is about. <laughs> What is going on right now? Okay. What is, what is happening right now? So I'm just saying, I believe your story, Sheldon. That's all I'm saying. I don't have a response to that. Other than, hey, Katie and Joanna, we're talking about how they feel. Talking about how they feel. Because no one wants to go into elimination with them as a partner. Is that how this started? Yeah, that's how we got so here, So basically right? it was like, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we put on our serious hats on for like 2.5 seconds. Katie and Joanna. Why do I mispronounce her name all the time? It's John A. John A. Why do to I be say kind to Joanna? You, but... I did that last episode too, I feel like. But anyways. Yeah. John A and Katie are talking about the fact that this might work in their benefit because no one's going to pick them to go in an elimination with them. Like what guy would want to be like, Hey, I'm going to pick you to be my partner in this elimination that I need to win. And John A, it was interesting, right? Cause I think that actually might be a good strategy and it's a great point It's very interesting. And I never even thought of it on that angle. And that's why I think this season is pretty good because there's there's still so many different angles and so many different twists and turns and strategies that I think it's great. I agree. I agree. The other thing that I think is great, speaking of 112, is Latarian and Anissa Fair. are also getting adult-friendly. Fair. They're also, at one point she calls him her Latare bear. Yeah, <laughs> which is so funny 
to think of like big gruff Letarian mm-hmm. as Letare Bear. Um, we get to the daily competition, and I have to tell you, like I love TJ Lavin, you love TJ Lavin, everyone yeah. loves TJ. But never have I identified with him because he makes a joke about like uh, Paramount being the most. You're already shaking your head, and no one like laughs at it. So he over explains the joke, and it feels like how I feel when I make a joke to you, and you just go, "What are we doing here?" I was so and I disappointed. Just, I was like TJ, you get me. No, I was so <laughs> disappointed in TJ. I rep TJ. <laughs> TJ, I, I rep TJ a lot. But in this moment, I was like, really, man? Like, come on. The joke was whack, first off. And then anytime you have to explain the joke, it's not a good joke. And then he explained it and then, like, laughed on his own. Like, huh, see what I did there? See what I did did there? It's like, come on. I'm Team TJ because I do that both on this podcast and in real life. I don't abandon jokes. No joke left behind. If people don't laugh at my joke, maybe I have to help them out. And at least I can laugh at my joke. That's, fair. That's my attitude. That's fair. So this challenge, four teams of four, you got to go in, you're standing on a platform. You have to put the puzzle pieces together and solve a puzzle before the fault, the, the, the floor below you breaks and you fall through into the water. How about this? Another we're above water type challenge. Bad news for Katie, right? Bad news for Katie. So I, I really like this competition yeah in all sincerity agreed my only question i I had was i wondered did we know what order they would fall down in because that would set up a strategy for me that i didn't really think they had no i think it was in a random order okay because i thought at one point at one point it seemed like they were sort of like if you're in the box it seemed like they were working left to right okay but that wasn't always the case sometimes someone to the right like would go first so the the other interesting part of this was the picking of the captains because automatically if you lose your captain is going in and so you have to pick a, a male and female captain which is also big because obviously you're both going in if you lose so i thought it was interesting in terms of how each team kind of broke down who was going to be captain and big easy and latarian basically did rock paper scissors right Mm-hmm. Ruthie just volunteered because John A is like, I want nothing to do with being a captain, which, <laughs> hey, good scratch, good strategy. Um, Darrell and Kellyanne, I thought was interesting strategy because Kellyanne realized right away, she's like, once Darrell became, said he was going to be captain, she's like, oh, I'll be captain as well. Because she realized it would be smart that if you do lose, at least I'm going into the elimination with a really good partner. Yeah, very smart. Which is very smart. Very smart of Kellyanne. Yeah. Uh, Katie and Yes, I thought was very interesting. And Katie's basically deciding to be the captain because she knows she was going to struggle at this. And she didn't want anyone else to take the fall for. Again, interesting strategy, right? It was it was noble strategy because she's like, I'm probably going to freeze up there because I keep falling from water and it like messes me up. Mm -hmm. So since I'm not going to. Yeah, as you said, since. Katie's logic was since she could not carry the weight, she's like, I'm not going to have someone else suffer for my inability to perform in this kind of competition. Yeah. It was noble. For sure. I get it. And then Kendall and Mark were the the captains of the last team. And which is interesting because they kind of have a little beef going on against each other. But hey, 
they're going to figure out how it was going to work. Well, I'm glad you brought this up because we've praised Kendall on this show, on You Killed It, for being one of the more athletic female competitors on this season. Mm -hmm. But she's very divisive, like within the house and within like the World of Challenge cast members. Because she's on Twitter. In fact, I think she follows me on Twitter. And I'm not trying to brag. That sounded like a humble brag. mm, Let me finish my thought and we can judge if it's a humble brag. But she's sort of... She's sort of been lobbying to come back on the show for some time. And, like, she was really only on the challenge for, like, a coffee previously. Like, she's very loosely defined as an all-star. And she also, like, picks a lot of Twitter fights with, like, contemporary cast members. Hmm. So it's interesting. Like, this feels like she's almost getting a kind edit because it seems like there's people in the house who sincerely do not like her. Yeah. And Mark is certainly one of them. And you have to assume that where Mark goes, Derek goes. Yeah. And, like, I have seen Kendall get into, like, Twitter scraps with people well before being on this show. Okay. So it's it's interesting because, like, she's come to play and she wanted this. Like, she wanted to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And yet she's not, like, if it was all, a, like, popularity contest, she would not be winning. So oh, it's a right. real interesting dynamic surrounding her because also everyone like recognizes that she's very good in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Definitely fair. Um, again, very early on my line of the episode goes to Darrell who uh, describes standing on the platform. And he says, both my legs are stanky. If you don't know what that is, it's a dance and your legs are shaking. Uh, so for people who don't know, just quick YouTube of do the stanky leg, I'm not going to sing it, but, if you know, you know. Yep. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> I liked, I really liked the visual of people like working away on their puzzle and then being gone. Like the way they drop is so quick and dramatic. And like the first time it happens is, I think it was the first time, Yazella is working away on her puzzle, Alton's beside her, and then suddenly he's not and it's funny because so she's like working away on her puzzle trap door opens alton falls yuzella glances over and then immediately like puts her hands on her uh life i can't her pfc her um life jacket and just like braces she's like oh no i'm next and then like she's not immediately next yeah oh yeah i also i don't like i don't want to rag on her because i understand why katie is so scared Mm -hmm. But it's also hilarious how scared Katie is. Like, yeah. she's she like gets up there, puts her puzzle pieces like on the mat, and then just like holds on to yeah, her. Yeah, she didn't life even attempt to just... do anything. Like she was so terrified, she didn't even attempt to do anything. But I finally realized that Katie reminded me of someone for so long, and I couldn't figure out who it was since the season started until watching this episode. Do you know who Sophia Bush is? Yeah. Brooke from One Tree Hill. Yeah. Are we familiar with One Tree Hill? We're going on a deep dive here, but this is what we do Sheldon, on these shows. How did we go from 112 
to One Tree Hill. Who are we? From what 112 lives to One we... Tree Hill. That is the You Killed It podcast, man. That's a promo right there. But <laughs> the thing is, right? I was like, who does she look like? And she looks so much like what Sophia Bush looks like now. It was just tripping me out. But if we're talking like childhood here, ooh, childhood crush on Brooke from One Tree Hill. I'm just saying. That was just a thing. That was just a thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Katie looked like her, like grown up her. But I was just going back like that. It's like it took me back to like early 2000s, late 90s with this whole One Tree Hill slash 112 stuff going on. Yeah, man. Just had me in a vibe. That's all. Katie, this was not my line of the episode, but Katie said, I didn't get hurt and that's more important than winning to me. That's fair. <laughs> you know what? I get it. I understand where she's coming from. I respect that logic. Um, I do want to just tag that with one more line, though. I remember someone saying to me before, they're like, you watched One Tree Hill? I'm like, yeah. It was like a teen drama based off a basketball team that actually was filmed at Michael Jordan's actual high school. Like, yes, of course. Like, speak <laughs> to my soul here. Like, what, do, what are we talking about right now? Anyways. Um, yeah, Katie. Katie, it was bad for her. Kendall... I think was very interesting. And I think Kendall was interesting because in a completely different way, she did her puzzle, but it was upside down. And now you have to make a decision on, wait a second. If, are they going to judge me for my puzzle being upside down or do I try to flip it around? But if I try to flip it around, is there enough time for me to do that before I drop? And if I drop while messing it up, do I get half a mark? For at least I completed it, but it's upside down. But did you really complete it if it's upside down? That's kind of a who's on first, right? It is. I think Kendall is guilty of overthinking it, though. Because to turn it the right way around mm -hmm. is not rocket science, right? You just go piece by piece and turn it 180 degrees. And, like, I don't know, like, how slippery they were and, like, maybe her hands were sweaty or whatever. You could probably, like, I think there was 16 pieces. You mm -hmm. could probably do that in 30 seconds, right? Like, two seconds per piece. Yeah. You could probably do it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, she's just super afraid, right? That was really part of it, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing to me, though... Of every single person that did this, Big Easy was the only person to complete the puzzle? Well, he's not bad at puzzles. True, like, but like only one person of everybody that had a chance. And I get that a lot of people got eliminated early. Four people get wiped out early. I get that. But still, one person? Well, and it's big for Big Easy because he his name has regularly been mentioned. As it should. <laughs> As it should. Because he's seen as, at this point, among the men, the biggest layup. Because, like, who who are you going to go against? Alton? Yeah. No thanks. Nehemiah? No thanks. Mark? Derek? Like, For sure. the, the list of, of apparently easier gets on the men's side is getting shorter and shorter. So, huge win for Big Easy. Rufy, being his co-captain, they're both safe this week. Yeah also good for ruthie because she's also she's so opinionated mm -hmm. 
and open, openly hostile to some people that I could see and smaller than mm -hmm. most of the other women. I could see her being an easy target week after week too. So yeah. like good for both of them for getting that win. I mean, it, and it all falls on big easy's shoulders and it's nice to see him show, like be able to accentuate the positive and show how he is competitive. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. And uh, the losing team was the black team, which was Kendall and Mark. So they're going right into the elimination, which again is interesting because they got beef. So the deals to me would be so much more interesting now because, you know, the stakes are that much higher and Kendall is trying to decide Mark leaves it to her because it's going to it's theoretically a women's elimination, even though he's on the block as well, which is weird. But anyways, he leaves it to Kendall, but he actually I take that back. He did clarify. He's like, he feels confident against any of the guys. So it doesn't really matter. So he's going to let Kendall pick the girl. Is that what it was? Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he left it up to Kendall to pick Kendall. Basically, you know, she's confused. She doesn't know what she wants. She kind of leaves it up to the group and says, Hey, I'll let the group vote. But then when she goes, when the group goes to vote, Katie just nominates herself again. And Jemmy says that she doesn't get it at all. And she goes on this epic rant that ended with time to get out of parent mode and in the savage challenge mode which I think Jemmy is being a little harsh on Katie because I think what Katie's doing is actually really good, right? Like I get what Jemmy is saying, but at the end of the day, if Katie knows that she basically did a horrible job and she's saying it's not fair for one of the other women to have to go in when she blatantly didn't even try, I think there's something honorable about that. I'm not going to knock her for that. I agree. I hear what you're saying, but I agree with Jemmy. You can't bring, if you want to be successful at the challenge, mm -hmm. you can't necessarily bring real world values or character to the table. And you're right. What Katie did was noble, right? And like that was her intention of being her team's captain because she knew she was going to freeze. And then she did freeze. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're absolutely right. What she did was noble. It was the right thing to do if you want to be, like, an upstanding citizen. It's not the right thing to do if you want to win the challenge, though. So here's my other twist to this. Because I think on the flip side, Katie also is going in, knowing she's going in against Kendall, who is someone who is somewhat her size. And so she has True. a bit of a chance. I think that might also be part of the strategy here in terms of volunteering to go in because she would have it in her mind, you know, if you, if you line her up against some of the other girls, if this happens to be a physical challenge, she has no chance against like, you know, Anissa or Isela or something like that. Right. So in that instance, it kind of makes sense. And I, I get that. I, I really get that. Mm -hmm. My question here though, I have a question for well, you. Well, I was just going to say that, Katie's ideal matchup is Ruthie, but Ruthie's not on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, though, Kellyanne brings this up, and then here's what I don't understand. The guys, why would the guys agree to just let Katie put herself in? If the guys know that there's a good chance that one of them 
could be going in. Right? Mm. That was a part that I thought didn't get as much attention. And Kellyanne did bring it up, but then they kind of just swept over it. But strategy-wise, if you were the guys, maybe you're like, because I think Darrell was the one that was like, okay, yeah, Katie, we'll let you go in. Just don't pick me. And yeah. He said it as if he was joking, but he's being serious. Well, actually, no, it's Darrell. He didn't say it as if he was joking. He said it in Darrell, <laughs> which means yeah. it was really serious. Darrell doesn't kid. He's a very funny person, but like he says what he means at all times. Yeah, totally. And we we see that extended when they're partying. Every guy basically is going up to Katie and is like, "Hey, don't pick me." And like Derek goes to the lengths of like making fake crutches and putting like a fake bloodied bandit bandage around his head. Yeah, to show to be like, "Oh, I'm hurt and injured. You don't want me." And eventually. Letarian sort of volunteers and he comes over to Katie who I gather he's friends with in real life and he's just like listen I find it's embarrassing that all these guys are like politicking you if you pick me I'll be cool with it he's like I'm gonna come over because you're my friend and like we'll talk and have a drink but like I'm not shook and like I figure I'll stand up and go in. Like I didn't come on the show to not compete. Yeah. So I think Which, I think Derek's doing too much, right? Like it just Derek, looked horrible. Again, doing a bad Johnny Bananas impersonation in terms of trying to produce her to the show, knowing that it'll get in. But yeah, doing too much. I also didn't like that they used that shot in some of the trailers yeah. and promo stuff, so that it kind of seemed as if, oh no, something happened to Derek. He gets really hurt. This might be really tough. I didn't like that deception. The producer in me appreciates it. The viewer in me is like, nah, nah. I I have a hot take, and I have a sense that you might agree with me. It's a lukewarm take. It's a take I'm working on. I think I don't like Mark, and I think I don't like Derek. No, that's fine. I don't like them either. I was rooting against them. I don't. I agree with you that Derek's doing too much. And this isn't the first time we've seen Derek and Mark Mm -hmm. do too much. And I've decided that, like, with Mark, he's got that, like, counselor at a teenage rehab camp energy. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, he's... Okay. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he wants to be liked, but he's also always, like, has a lesson for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's always, like, a little over the top. Right? Like, when he had everybody, uh, when he had the power with the lifesaver and he had everyone, like, he had Derek go and get them and they had to, like, pretend, like, and, like, the fact that he calls himself the Godfather. Yeah. It's a lot. Like, it's not, it's a lot. And, like, I think they're nice people yeah but i I just i don't like how it seems like they're both always inserting themselves into every situation yeah i like the fact that you know in comparison forget the gimmicks latarian's just like i want the smoke i like the competition you should pick me forget about what these other guys are doing messing with you and, and you know turning this into a huge joke i get it ha 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 but no i came here to compete and I respect that. And that is also probably counter to Jemmy's whole thing about playing the challenge. But hey, I'm for people going into the elimination on their own accord. And Latarian's like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's go. And, you know, Katie is nervous. 
and you know she decides she's trying to to decide who she wants to put it who she's going to go in with and she had a decision where she thought it was coming down to letarian or yes but she did bring up the fact that she's going to feel like a dirt bag her words not mine if she loses and to me again that's what makes this game so amazing so they get down there and you could tell right away what it is and of course you have to pick Letarian once you see that it's like a tug of war, right? Because you need someone who has a chance against Mark. But I will it's say... It's not just... Sorry, finish your thought, and then I, I have something to add to that. No, 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 go on, go on, because it's kind of random. I was just going to say, you also have to pick Letarian because you want someone who's mentally prepared and motivated. Yeah. And I know his, like... I wouldn't even quite call it volunteering, but the fact that he basically went to her and was like if you pick me you're gonna get a hundred percent from me yeah you need that you don't want someone who's like ah i thought i could like oh i don't want to do like you don't want anyone that is halfway committed like you want someone who's fully committed agreed and latarian has said that he is and is mentally prepared to like go in and do some work nope agreed totally agree um so yeah, Katie ends up picking Latarian, and it is a tug of war, but they call it pull me over. You're standing on the tree stump. You got to pull the ropes. And of course, I know most people watching this, obviously you go right back to Jordan and, and Josh, right? Like that's the thing that comes to mind. One of the best eliminations ever. Yeah. So I wondered about the strategy, and there's one thing that I found weird about this. I thought they filmed it odd and i felt like i'm nodding for those who are just listening to this i'm nodding to what sheldon's saying the way that it was filmed it appeared to me as if they were just showing one person at a time so you didn't really see like when you go back to the jordan and josh thing you could see the the chess match that was being moved where jordan would kind of bait josh into pulling and there was a couple times where you know, Jordan kind of gave slack as if he was falling and Jordan and Josh was going to pull, but really Jordan was just giving him slack and Josh pulled himself right off. You didn't really see that chess match here. You only saw one person pulling or dropping the rope at a time. And I found that kind of weird because especially, I think it was the first round where Latarian, you can't see what Latarian's doing, but you just see Mark drop it. And you hear Latarian mm-hmm. say, oh, but he dropped it first. So I was wondering, like, did Latarian also fall, but Mark dropped it first? That's what it seemed like. But they never showed us that fully. He, and I thought that it was looked, weird. It was weird. And Latarian, when he said, oh, he dropped it first, Latarian was off his podium. So you're right that presumably Mark dropped the rope and Latarian fell in short succession. Yeah. But they it's so weird because they did a masterful job doing that with Josh and Jordan. Was that two seasons ago, three seasons ago? And it's interesting, presumably to some degree, it's the same editors or like some of the production staff is the same. And it's weird that they did not do as good a job in terms of like visually telling us what was going on. Yeah, yeah. So I it was know. also interesting to me, like Jordan, when he beat Josh, it was a masterclass. Like Jordan's a smaller person with one hand. Yeah. 
And like, there's a lot to be learned from how he did that. And it's clear that all four of them didn't learn any lessons from that. Maybe they've never even watched I it, think which is Mark. You could kind of see there were moments where he was giving up slack and trying to like yeah. bait Letary, and you could kind of see that, but still not. You didn't get the full experience, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Katie and Latarian win round one, but then next two rounds was Mark and Kendall winning, and you could tell that everyone was gassed by round three. I thought. Katie had a great strategy in round two when she realized Latarian fell off and she was like, I'm just going to try to save some energy for the third round. There's no point in me trying to fight this now for no reason, which I thought was smart, but it didn't really matter. There was not enough. They didn't have anything else left in the tank. And I realized while watching this, like I really wanted Latarian and Katie to win. And it's yeah, not even that. Too. And I realized it wasn't because of Kendall. Like I actually liked Kendall. I thought Kendall did a great job in this uh this season so far and you know she's been a pretty good character like i don't think she's been too annoying or too out there or whatever so i thought that was interesting but i really was rooting against mark yeah yeah it's funny as i was saying like in my notes it actually says do i dislike mark i kind of think so and like it's not it's not like you know, we we both have strong reactions to some cast members every season, yeah. right? Like, we have strong reactions to Josh and Fessy and Nelson. Like, there's some people where we're just immediately like, nah, we're not about this. But, like, yeah. I want to like Mark, but there's just something, like, disingenuous about him. There's something, like... No, I think the it's way just he him and of himself. No, it's just him and Derek doing too much to kind of be the leads of the show. Right? Like they're always in every single episode, like going up to people and being like, hey, what's going on? Like they're just too much <laughs> to keep the nineties references going. They're too much. Remember the Suge Knight thing where he's on stage at the MTV Awards or whatever it is, and he's like all the producers all up in the videos. Remember that? <laughs> yep. That's yep, like do I. Mark and Derek too much all up in the videos. Like chill, sit back a little, you know, come to death row. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I also think <laughs> that just like, as we're talking, Mark Sorry, is, I just exception. realized there's going to be a bunch of people listening to this episode that are going to be like, yo, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine there's people that are like that every episode of you killed it it's fair i also think just as we're talking and maybe this is unfair of me but mark and derek are both in exceptional shape mm -hmm. right alton's in really good shape mm -hmm. kendall and kellyanne are in really good shape but most of these people are not in their prime fitness no and i'm not saying that as a criticism their moms, their dads, they're in their 40s, mm -hmm. late 30s, 40s, maybe even... Are any in their 50s? That can't be. Beth. Certainly in their 30s and 40s. I think Beth's Sorry? in their 50s. I think Beth said something about being 50. And, like, Mark and Derek were the real motivators behind this show, right? Like, Mark, this is basically Mark's baby. Mm -hmm. And, like, what's it say about someone where they're in, like, ridiculous shape and they're like, I want to compete against people that are not in ridiculous shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, it's a great idea and I'm enjoying the show. But, like, it's, 
It's just a little weird. No, I got you. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Totally get you. I'm also very excited to hear what our listeners think of our comments. Because Mark and Derek are are popular guys among fans. So tell us, listener. But this is just Do you agree with us? I don't know. Everything I'm saying right now, everything I think you're saying right now, like this is just based off what I'm watching. Like I don't even know anything about these dudes and what they do. Outside, I've never listened to their show, not because, like, I don't listen to other challenge podcasts, but, like, I don't I don't listen to other challenge podcasts. Like, I just have no interest in it, in, in doing that. I don't know, right? Like, I watch the show, I come, but also I, do, I don't listen because I don't want to have my opinion swayed in any way about stuff we come on and say. So that's the, probably yeah, the I real do. reason why I don't listen, but, like, That's why I don't listen, whatever. typically. I sometimes go back and listen to older podcasts, but after we've recorded our podcast. Oh, I see. But that's rare. But yeah, but exactly for what you're like, my I don't podcast want to be too playlist influenced. is too long as is. I can't be adding <laughs> more podcasts. You know, there's a lot of Dan Lebetard for me to listen to every day. So, um, but I do invite our listeners to let us know how do you feel about Derek and Mark do you agree with me and Sheldon that they're doing too much that there's something a little off about their personalities or do you rock with them which is you know fair you know to each their own but I don't know there's something about them that I'm not I'm not drawn to them like uh, straight up Darrell's my favorite person on this season Never probably Anissa after him probs yeah uh did you say what was your line of the episode because i haven't said mine yet i gave it already it was Darrell. right my favorite line of the episode which i think i'm going to apply to like my real life is when katie picks latarian he says amongst other things he says she knows my heart doesn't pump kool-aid yeah which is just like the perfect metaphor and like if i have the chance to use that phrase i will use that phrase no it was legit pretty good pretty dope uh who killed it for you this week um so i'm picking letarian all right okay just because i again i respect the way that people go out and i guess it's more of a sign that i just don't like mark (laughs) but (laughs) i like the way that this went down where letarian was able he wanted to risk it all just because he didn't like the way that it was going down with everyone like making this big huge play to have katie not pick them but it was this whole like show and spectacle meanwhile he's like you know what katie pick me i'll rock with you let's go I respect that. And he put up a really good fight. So I know it's kind of multiple weeks where I'm picking the people who don't win, but I don't care. It's who killed it for me. Who killed it for you, John? I'm going with Jemmy. Wow. Because Jemmy's playing to win. Jemmy understands what the challenge is in a way that seemingly no one else is. Like, she's still crushing it in the confessionals. Mm-hmm. She has uh, a budding relationship with Nehemiah. Okay. Which is, you know, great to each their own, you know. Mm-hmm. You're there to have fun. Yep. But also, Jemmy knows, like, she's she's the most logical person in the house. And, like, I hear, like, I do respect 
how Katie and Latarian went about their business. It was noble. Mm-hmm. It did show character. It did show heart. Like, I, I get all that. But they're there to get that money. And Jemmy consistently has her eye on that prize more than anyone else. And she's just like, and she's partly getting this MVP for me because last episode, episode five, she was the one that was like, hey, when TJ gets vague, you got to pay attention. Like something's coming. And so I just respect the way Jemmy's playing the game. Okay. And she also recognizes she's not the most physically dominant, but she's got the right mentality she's got the right uh like spirit she's got her like head on a swivel so i think jemmy's having a great season and it's great to have her back because i was a jemmy fan so i like jemmy obviously i'm a huge fan of jemmy but i will say this to you mr john chidley hill the same things you just said about Derek and mark in terms of maybe taking advantage and coming on to the season where you know a bunch of people who aren't really on challenges that much and they're coming in all shredded i ask you is it fair for jemmy to do the same because one might argue for playing devil's advocate jemmy can't really cut it one might say on the normal seasons of the challenge and then she shows up in this and is you know running the house and you know she's she's second youngest or youngest in the house right it's her and john i'm just saying i'm playing devil's advocate here i'm just saying that's a that's a fair point we'll hear we'll let the listeners decide my counter argument is simply Jemmy did not come up with the concept of this show. Fair. Mark did. Okay. So like Mark came up with the, this concept that seems tilted in his and his best friend's direction. Whereas Jemmy sort of saw it was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> right. Like it's a little different okay. Okay. coming up with the idea and then taking advantage of someone else's idea. Okay. Okay, fair enough. That's my counter argument. But you're right. Listeners, get at us. Yeah. You can get at us by Sheldon's now going to tell us what his social media is. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram, Sheldon Alexander. Like and subscribe at the YouTube page, which is On Blast Podcast. No, it's not. It's Sheldon Alexander as well. The Twitch page is On Blast Podcast. Um, yeah, continue to like the like the pod. Subscribe to the pod, the You Killed It pod. Still rocking, still cooking. Even in the off-season, we got you covered. You're just making sure that people are paying attention, right? Like giving them all, trying to shake them off, make sure that they're paying attention to the YouTube page. I like it. You can get me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed it!